Well, welcome to the next episode of our podcast, Indiana is Ag plus Bio plus Science. It's presented by Agrinovis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business, also the host of this weekly podcast, where we have in-depth conversations with leaders, innovators, entrepreneurs in Indiana's ag bioscience sector. It's the sector where food, ag, science, and technology all converge. Today, this uh, week, pleased to sit down with Scott Henderson. Scott is Vice President and Chief Entrepreneurial Officer at the Purdue Research Foundation. And Scott, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Well, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, your background is is interesting, to say the least. Uh, you are a Nebraska native. Yes, sir. And, and you say you're a Nebraska native with tour stops in Indianapolis, Boston, and Atlanta. Give us kind of the thumbnail, Scott Henderson, a path to... Uh, to the Purdue Research Foundation. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's it's the traditional path, right? It's the it's absolutely. If you look in, in hindsight, it all makes sense. Going forward, it it, it was just yeah. figure out what the next step is. I I started off in um, uh, fundraising, using doing major camp, campaign work at the University of Nebraska, uh, then moved to Atlanta to run a fraternity foundation. Uh, moved up here to Indiana, uh, here in Indianapolis to run a fundraising company, which then led to an opportunity for me to join Media Sauce here in Carmel, Indiana. Uh, I got into the digital space uh, and, and married that uh, fundraising capital campaign mindset with the emergence of social media. It was right around 2008, 2009. Um, and we did some really great fun campaigns around, you know, cause marketing campaigns at South by Southwest. Uh, I've been on the advisory board uh, for that interactive festival for about 11 years. And that, that uh, it opened a tremendous amount of doors when it comes to uh, how do you how do you really uh, engage passionate communities and how do you galvanize those communities? Uh, and it was it was fascinating to me because it led to an opportunity to move to Boston, create my own consultant company, uh, and I got into the idea of entrepreneurship as a movement when I was in Boston and, um, and helped start up America Partnership, which is a national campaign that the Stephen Jean Case Foundation and yeah. Coffin Foundation had uh, launched. Um, and that then led me to uh, decide I needed to move back to Atlanta and uh, find myself in, in this emergent Atlanta technology scene and, and got to play a really fun role in, in galvanizing that community, which led me to... Uh, the world of uh, innovation districts and uh, research parks that uh, universities have created uh, and uh, got me on the uh, radar of Purdue. You talk about entrepreneurship as a movement. When you mm-hmm. say a movement, what do you what do you mean? Well, um, what I love about entrepreneurship is the fact that you have to have naive ambition. And that is that is yeah. the, the, the currency of the realm. Uh, and that and naive, naive ambition is is grown by putting more naive ambition around it, right? So uh, the movement is getting people to say, you know, this is good. This is a good thing. This is what we need to do. We need to be thinking bigger and moving faster. And we need to we need to disrupt uh, you know all the other buzzwords you want to throw in there. But entrepreneurship as a movement, it, you can't have a solo person change the world. You have to have a team. Has to have uh, an environment. Has to have policymakers who are embracing that, trying to figure out how to uh, to decrease the friction. You have to find people who have capital who have resources, who have connections, people who have Rolodexes that are willing to bring those to bear for people with these naive, ambitious ideas that uh, they think are going to change the world. Because, I mean, in Indianapolis is a great example of it, right? So when I was here last uh, time, that was you know, pre-Salesforce acquisition, mm-hmm. Exact Target was still new, and there's a, a lot of different people chasing different things. But um, what I've seen traveling the country, and, and I think The Code by Margaret O'Meara is, the, is a recent book that really does a great job of telling the story is, 
movements, uh, entrepreneurship movements require uh, reinvestment in, into ecosystems. And it's mm-hmm. really great to see people like Scott Jones mm-hmm. um, and Scott Dorsey and, and all the other folks that have been part of these companies that have you know grown up and, and, um, and made something out of it and, and then turn around and reinvest in it. Uh, and I think we're, we're here in Indiana blessed by a, a company like Eli Lilly. I mean, just think of how many millions and millions of dollars have been invested in the state of Indiana around uh, helping uh, spur this entrepreneurship ecosystem. So you're in Atlanta, you're at Georgia Tech, world-class university. Atlanta's a dynamic uh, city, growing, a lot of a lot of things going on there. You, you obviously um, saw something at Purdue, mm-hmm. something happening there, and you talk about that, that vibrancy, that excitement, that, uh, you know, that vibe around uh, an ecosystem. What was it that, that really uh, excited you about this opportunity at Purdue? It was about a year ago that, uh, well, a little over a year ago that it, I was consulting uh, on a project around uh, the Convergence Center um, and had gotten to know a lot of folks at Purdue University um, and realized that this was uh, one of those rare moments in university uh, history uh, where you have, it, what I've seen is, I've seen where leadership uh, matters tremendously, uh, either in, in a huge positive way or a huge negative way. Uh, and what was going on in, at Georgia Tech was that that cake was baked 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was the vision of, of a leader at that time that said, let's connect ourselves to Midtown. Um, and as I came here, you know, I, I was lived here when uh, Mitch Daniels was governor, and I really appreciated the approach he took to to leading the state um, and knowing that the that he brought that attitude um, of think bigger, act faster, you know, very, very much uh, go push and, and do things differently. Um, uh, that's rare. That's a rare moment. And I saw that this window was open and that with the six years that he's been at the helm, he's led a, an amazing uh, culture change at the university. Uh, and what's fascinating to me, um, and Agron Office is a great example of this to me, is the fact that Indiana has this unique network of state uh, government leaders, industry, mm-hmm. uh, university leaders, and the entrepreneurial uh, ecosystem coming together and working in very close coordination to be able to launch things quickly. Um, and I knew that the window was there and that uh, I could be part of something that would shape the, the history of, of a university and the region. I believe definitely the region. Uh, and I think Purdue will, will become known in the parlance of, of, of the national conversation of being one of the places to be at if you're wanting to make a huge impact on the world. So it was to me, so I, I had I owned property. Uh, my son was going to finish in high school in, in Atlanta. Had no, I had no desire to f- go chase a job uh, when, the, when it was presented to me by Brian Edelman and, and Dan Hassler as here's an opportunity you should think about. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll give you, I'll give you the thought. And, and as I sat down and thought about it, I said, there's no other thing but to go for it and, and make, make the move to Purdue. Yeah. Well, Purdue certainly uh, has made a statement uh, in recent years supporting entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs, making sure that was a top priority. The Purdue Foundry, Purdue Ventures, uh, leading the way to help uh, students, alums, faculty uh, really take ideas and push those into the marketplace. Talk. There's so much to talk about there, but yeah. if you could kind of uh, encapsulate What's going on at Purdue with respect to entrepreneurship and the commercialization of ideas and taking ideas from, uh, you know, the lab bench, if you will, to, to the marketplace? Yeah, this is, uh, this is the, the best part about it. There's a very clear North Star at Purdue uh, with the Moral Act uh, and how Mitch Daniels read it when he took over the presidency and, and said, you know what, we have one mission. We have to get technology and graduates into the world. Mm-hmm. 
you know, th- that, that opens up a lot of possibilities and it helps clarify a lot of, uh, of thinking when you're in that environment. It is about getting technology and students into the world. So that's everything you see us do, we, we're doing that. Um, I've taken over um, a, a great team of, of individuals who for the last six years helped, helped form 253 companies. Um, and you know, and just like any startups, about half of them still live, yeah. uh, but that's 253, that's, that's the most of any university that doesn't have a med school. Hmm. Right. So that's, that's significant stuff. Um, there's such a, a, a focus on the research side because it all starts with research. It, it really it all starts with, uh, you know, federal dollars that come in to help solve big problems. And that's research universities are best positioned to do that. And, you know, it's it's an, it's it's our moral obligation every day. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a very humbling thing, waking up, knowing that we have the monopoly on all the intellectual property that have, it comes out of Purdue, and it's our job to get it out in the world, make an impact. And so that's that's the defining uh, and, and driving uh, energy behind it. And I think all the programs that you've seen for the first six years of the Purdue Foundry uh, was focused on, can we form companies? And the answer is yes, we can. And so we just, uh, we being Purdue Research Foundation, which is the uh, organization that the Purdue Foundry is inside of, um, did a, a strategic planning uh, process this year, and we've come up with some uh, some strategic shifts around commercialization and, and using more of a networked approach, uh, focusing equally on growing companies as forming companies. Um, taking a more proactive approach to act, uh, making decisions on pathway and pace of these technologies. Um, and we've, we've learned a lot in these six years. Um, and, I, I, and it's very exciting because we're rolling out new programs. We, we have a new program called Accelerate Year, where we invited about 64 of our companies to apply, about half of them, them did. And we're in the process of uh, uh, winnowing that down to about a, a cohort of eight companies that will do a customized acceleration program for the next 12 months. And we'll, we'll be debuting them into something called the Big Show, uh, That'll be up at Purdue on October 10th, Thursday, October 10th, as part of the uh, opening sessions of the, uh, the 150th anniversary homecoming weekend. Um, and we'll be doing these kind of big shows every six months where we'll, we'll be introducing a new cohort of companies that um, have are ready for that next stage of growth. Yeah. Right. Purdue is investing uh, heavily, uh, obviously, in, in all of this. The Discovery Park District, a billion-dollar-plus uh, investment, which is... Uh, um, substantial to say the least in terms of uh, uh, the vision as you look at it first of all to drill it down maybe closer to what's being characterized as the Wabash Heartland Innovation Network oh, yeah. 10 county yeah, uh, area uh, there what can what's going on at Purdue today and what will be going on at Purdue in five or ten years what can that mean for the region as you look at the focus on uh, precision agriculture and, and and advanced manufacturing and those kinds of things yeah I've spent a, a better part of the last six months going to as many ag tech conferences as possible and, and going to different universities to see, hear what they're doing. Um, and we have we have the chance. We have the, the opportunity to lead when it comes to defining what is Midwest Ag Tech. Uh, excited for the, the Forbes Ag Tech Summit happening here. Went out to Salinas for that one in the spring, uh, actually in the summer. Um, and uh, I, I think th- I have a thesis I'm forming. I'm calling it the, the, the breadbasket boom. Um, you know, being from Nebraska, you mentioned I'm from Nebraska, you know, we have ag out there. We don't have as much manufacturing. You Further east you go, there's more manufacturing, less ag. Indiana is in the sweet spot, right? And, and mix this back with what I was saying about having uh, the great network of people across the state, different industry types working together. 
A thing like Wabash Heartland Innovation Network is fascinating to me because it is it is truly what when the 30s when we were electrifying uh, different communities we had the rural electric cooperatives. This is a rural innovation cooperative, um, and what it does is it gives access to these producers and farmers uh, technology that they don't have to pay, you know shoulder all the risk on. So it's it's a consortium based approach where the the companies can actually roll out some technologies, get get some feedback, get some data, make it better, and then over time you know the producers and farmers can then pay more for it. Um, but I think what, you know, what's happening there is it is the quintessential thing of what makes Indiana so unique because that's an Eli, Eli Lilly Foundation grant that's been given mm-hmm. to make this a, a 10 county uh, cluster for IOT when it comes to manufacturing and, and ag um, and then you have a robotics professor Johnny Park who, who went off and created Spensa sold that to D, uh, DTN uh, and uh, all of a sudden he's at the helm of how do you create this 10 county network it's fascinating because um, having gone to different uh, different conferences I've seen that there's other people that are doing these producer networks or early adopter networks, uh, we already have it in place. Um, and, you know, tie that to the other stuff going on. This is one of the fun projects I've been able to be part of this year was the Indiana 5G Forum Initiative and wherespeedmatters.com came about because we got Scott Jones together with Meng Cheng, who's the Dean of Engineering, and said 5G matters, right? And the state said this matters. And now we have a test bed in downtown Indianapolis that's going to be at the 1150 Academy. You can scale it up to the Discovery Park District, 400 acres that we have where we're building this as an, with the infrastructure and then scale it out to the 10 counties where you can then see what does rural 5g look like you know you can't find something like that anywhere else where you have the scale from a building to a 400 acres to 10 counties you can test this stuff out and that's with all the things going on here it's 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 no no question in my mind that we will be at the forefront of this breadbasket boom fascinating uh, perspective on uh, what's going on, not only at Purdue, but how it integrates uh, into the state's economic development uh, strategy. And just a final question, you talk about that 10-county win network, but the impact this uh, can have, and I, I think will have, extends beyond the 10 counties, certainly throughout the state of Indiana oh, and, and and beyond. Absolutely. So this is, this yeah, is something a- that's... Absolutely. I mean, the, the Karen Plout, the, the, our dean of college agriculture, is um, is at the forefront of making sure that we're always thinking about how does this get out and, and benefit the entire state? How does it benefit all of our farmers, all of our producers? How does this help impact the future of agriculture? And so I think, you know, this is so, so uh, it, it, I can't, can't think of a better word of is humbling to be in part of this team uh, where you have people like uh, Karen Plout and uh, Among Chang and, and Mitch Daniels and Teresa Mayer, who's our new executive vice president of, uh, of research and partnerships it's it's an exciting time and i know you know there it, it starts with leadership and now we have a, a network of leaders who are committed to this vision uh, and i think great things will come from all of this and we look forward to following it uh, indeed scott henderson is the vice president and chief entrepreneurial officer at the purdue research foundation scott thank you uh, for your insights thanks for joining us on the uh, the podcast and i know we'll have many opportunities hopefully in the future uh, yeah, to talk about looking it forward well. to it all right. And, and before we sign off too, uh, Agrinovas has opened registration uh, for its 2019 Ag Bioscience Innovation Summit. That takes place November 20th. And this year, uh, I'll be joining as a featured speaker. I'm looking forward to that. And to learn more uh, and register for the November 20th Ag Bioscience Innovation Summit, all you have to do is visit agronovasindiana.com backslash summit. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick. 
produced by Libby Fritz and Joe Ullery and was recorded on location at Launch Fishers. More people get Indiana Business News from inside Indiana Business than any other source.